Mm. O. M. Me. Hello, my children. Fuck you, Chuck. I love it when a plane comes together. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, as always, we've got Ryan Denton. Fuck yeah! And Michael Flores. Hello! Running the fuck yeah board this evening. Yep. Dude, <laughs> you have way too many drops of me. This is what he does with his spare time. You realize that? Because this isn't like show necessary drops. No, That's absolutely like, not. I've got time to kill. I'm going to flag yeah. every moment that Ryan did something that was weird or disgusting or made me laugh. I had to find a place to use that A-team tune he was humming during a show. <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. I mean, it was let's great. Be it was great. It really did work. So can't fault you for that one. No, I mean, dude, it's A-team. All right. Well, here we are. To discuss the final episode of Supernatural, which is a very weird sentence to uh, say. And one I didn't think I'd say for a little bit longer and one I hoped to never say. But the final episode has aired, at least for the foreseeable future. You know, we started this show. We were just talking about it on the pre-show. We started yeah. the show about about seven years ago. Maybe, maybe it's only six. Math's tough. But... We started it not really being aware of how big the fandom was when we did and not having a lot of expectations. I still remember I was in a comic book shop when Mike sent me a text and was asking if I was interested in doing a show about it because him and I would would talk during Rain Man or other things yeah. about Supernatural. What did you think of that episode, dude? I, I thought it was great. I, I thought this was awesome. And then we'd get into theories. And we'd, I'd end up spending another fucking hour here. I don't. So for me, I don't remember how I got lauded into this. Mike, do you remember how you invited me to do this show? Yeah, I was announcing that we're going to be doing a Supernatural show. That's right. During com- Rain Man. And I commented on it. Uh, not during Rain Man. During the old Men With No Live show. That's right. And you like, you said, I, I like Supernatural. I'm like, you're in. 
<laughs> that's all it took. And that was that's that's right. I remember that. It was one of yeah, those yeah. nineteen hour men with no live shows that we used to do. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, it's it's interesting, Thomas, like like we talked about on the on the pre show, the three of us in the last seven, almost eight years, have done a lot with Supernatural. Dude, we started in that little ass room that was maybe barely bigger than a closet. We couldn't literally could not get up to move. Yeah. You, you, we sat down, you were locked in your spot till we were done because it was too difficult. Yeah. And that was the first few episodes until we moved things out and, and changed things around. And God, just crazy. like that set up, we didn't know how big things would get. We didn't know what we'd end up doing. We didn't know the people we'd Dude, end up meeting. We blindly went into the fandom and had no clue how monstrous it is. We just were like, well, oh, let's I, just talk I, about Supernatural because we like it. I think that's like anything. Not to... We're nobodies. Fact nobodies. But I think like anything that means something to people, it starts out just from passion. It just starts out from a, you and a few people, a few friends, family wanted to make something, wanted to yeah. do something. And gradually this podcast turned into something much bigger than I thought any of us ever expected I at totally that time. Agree. And now we're sitting here to discuss the final episode of its 15th season. And that's a really bittersweet moment, not just for fans of this show, you know, but not like we're ending just yet, but <laughs> fans of supernatural as a whole, it's tough for us. Oh dude. You know? I, it's like, I told you guys like, so I watched the episode on Friday mm -hmm. um, and I was, I got to work early so I could sit down and watch it and like not be interrupted or whatever. And, and just watch on my computer. And I got through the episode and um, my dad showed up to the office about 10 minutes after and I was still kind of reeling. Yeah. And um, I walked into his office. He's like, hey, are you, are you okay? Because I was a little teary eyed, not gonna lie. Yeah. And he asked, he asked and I said, yeah, I just watched the last episode of Supernatural. And he goes, oh, you know, how was it? What happened? And uh, I, I legitimately got choked up. Like to the point where like I was like not sniffling, but like kind of like that thing where it's like you can't really talk. Yeah. So I'm like, Cause you know, to, if you do, it'll break. Yeah. So I'm like <laughs> trying to talk and like tell him what happened. And I legitimately was choked up. And um, because a lot of things just started flashing through, like, like, you, you know, we've been doing this show for eight years and just, you know, the love of supernatural. I don't sound like an infant for some reason when I cry. I actually sound super manly and cool when I cry. Um, I don't know. It just it, I, I got. I got choked up and, you know, and it was funny. Like even my dad goes, and you've been doing this for, you know, for a while now. I mean, it's totally yeah. normal to like have that reaction. So it was weird, man. It was really weird. I think it really did sit in. It set in driving here yeah. to do the show. I was like, fuck man. I, I that's all I could think about. was fuck. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a bit odd because yeah. we know right now, Mike's deflecting his emotions towards Ryan with the, yeah, theory, with the crying no, sound. It's fine. Because I'm sure from the discussion we had choked up, getting a little bit emotional, single man tear Ryan to, wow, this is getting really emotional, but won't break Mike to, yeah, I full on cried. Did you? <laughs> I did. Yeah. yeah I figured while I figured. watching this one, but that's the thing is that it, it hits all of us in different ways. I we, cried. Did you like legitimately Not be for honest. The same reasons. <laughs> Stupid. Well, that's the thing is that, this may no, this might not have been the ending that many had envisioned. It's certainly not the one that we wanted. I think we can make no qualms about that. I, I think that's fair. 
we've been critical where we've felt that it was appropriate and we've praised it where we thought it was due, but it's not surprising anybody. And it may not be the ending people wanted. And the road has been a little bit bumpy this last season in particular, but in the end, the show ended with the right amount of emotions. Yeah, I agree. And in some ways that's, that's kind of what we were hoping for with this final installment. Dab throughout the playbook through entirely possibly knowing that at this point there was really no way of ending this series in a satisfying way other than to focus on Dean and Sam 100% their relationship, the love they have for one another, the brothers. I think partly that is because it was not set up properly throughout the previous season. I think we've said that. I think yeah. a lot of fans feel that way, but there's, there's no denying that the last couple of episodes had episodes had all the content for multiple seasons that just were not peppered out properly. But that aside, I think a lot of us knew in a way Sam and Dean had to be the focus there are some people that wanted to see more of the additional crew, the other members of the family. That family doesn't just end in blood. And that's a very true sentiment. That was more supernatural seasons one through nine. Yeah. You even, know, even like, to 11, maybe. I mean, yes, they had their friends along the way through the course of Dab's run, but you didn't really get those themes a lot. Right. It wasn't there. You had friends there. You had people they loved and they cared for. But that whole theme of family, it it really kind of fallen apart. Well, because it was kind of just thrown in randomly, like with fake Charlie. They tried to create things that weren't really there. Well, they just didn't work as, as well. Correct. They went more with the idea of saving people, hunting things that became more of the theme during dabs run and less the idea of family superseding all other importance the idea was there yeah but you can't just have an idea for a specific episode you need to take that idea create a theme with it and it needs to be interweaved within your entire season and we haven't had that yeah and that's why it just it wouldn't feel right anyways that's why i feel like ultimately what dab did with this finale is really the only thing he could have done I agree with probably 80%, maybe 65% of what he did with this finale. It was a hand, they were kind of handcuffed. And in a lot of ways, I'm kind of glad the COVID-19 thing happened to the show. I'm not glad COVID-19 happened, but originally there were supposed to be a lot more people in the episode and they just, I don't feel like it was needed. If this show was going to end with just Sam and Dean, if this episode was intended to be just Sam and Dean, then let it be just Sam and Dean. Give us those emotions. And as you were saying, Thomas, the episode ended up being essentially what we had speculated. Yeah. It was less of a series finale and more of just an epilogue. The series finale was last week, giving us that last bit, a final farewell to the audience while creating those emotional moments that would play on our heartstrings. That's what this episode was designed to do. Nothing more, nothing less. And I think in that respect, it succeeded. Without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> Being the final episode, I don't think there's any way it could have failed in that aspect. You'd, you'd have to really fucking try. 
and that as a result means we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings to get through tonight. And I'm sure this episode's discussion will feel different. It just will. Yeah, It'll feel different uh, yeah. from the others because we're morbidly depressed. We're happy. We're angry. We're excited and hopeful. We're satisfied. We're resentful and bitter. We're all kinds of mixed. We're a, a bag of emotions and we don't really know what to do with ourselves right now. Yeah, it's it's a weird feeling, man. Now it, it really is. We do have a solid. I mean, Thomas idea. was in diapers when the show started. Yeah, dude, what was that like to have depends on at age fifteen? It was weird. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oops, I crapped my pants. He peed the bed until he was like sixteen, seventeen, right? Oof, is that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever helps. That's what I heard. I mean, look, dude, if you gotta go. You gotta go, man. Like, I, whatever, I guess. You know, just pee the bed. Golden showers. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so while this episode, our discussion will feel different, we do have a solid idea of what we plan to do with this discussion. But I'm sure it'll fall in. It'll it'll spiral into other things. Like, well, it'll be it'll be therapy, uh, therapeutic at first. Like, you know, I really want to come to you and talk about this. And then by the end, I'll be like, yeah, another fucking thing. You know, uh, and, yeah. and we, get emotional. We have a strategy, but we're probably not. We're going to fuck that strategy up. Let's be honest. <laughs> Come on. You guys know it's the truth. So we're going to sort through this episode in our traditional way in some parts and we'll get into some more deep diving stuff probably near the end. And with. Because honestly, there's not much to talk about in the same light as we used to. There yeah. is no further episodes. There is no speculation. So what happened? There's in no this episode, hype. Thomas. There's no hype for next season. So in this episode, we had a happy montage. Yay! We had a pie festival. Boo! We had Sam and Dean investigating vampires. Eh. Dean dies. <laughs> Sad Sam montage. <laughs> Sam moves on. Uh, slash Amelia part two, and Dean drives in a heaven montage. That's three Yay. montages, folks. And then literally the end. <laughs> Now, from a critical standpoint, like we said, there's not much that happened here. Then there can't be. There is no next season, next episode. We got some answers for things we had questions for. We did. We got a few. Primarily, the heaven situation was just fixed off screen. Yeah, it's totally great. Like, I like, and I'm saving it, I like what they did, but the whole severity of the issue was clearly not that severe uh, or yeah, I think I agree with you Thomas it was like I, I like the direction that they went and I enjoyed and we and Mike and I had a bit of a discussion about this earlier today like I, I enjoyed what they did and like the the answer to you know having the the situation resolved right just the snap of the wrist and it's resolved was the kind of thing that I was like uh yeah, but okay. there's more that's hinted at with that as well. The entire yeah. idea of something more or something greater, a big new world, as they referenced, that Jack has created. And that... That got my lore boner going. It did? I was like, what yeah. is this? Well, it's the potential there. And we'll come up with our own stuff. We don't have speculation and hype for next season, but we can talk about the implications of these things. So that'll be a big element. And the shocker factor... They actually answered what the fuck happened to our Bobby yep. after five goddamn years, almost six goddamn years yep. of silence on the issue. 
They brought him back for the last episode. Two of our items on that list from last week were actually handled. You realize that, right? Remember at the end of the yeah. show, we yeah. said, well, what's the list of things that we would like to see? I said heaven. Heaven was one of them. Let's fix that situation or at least explain it. And yours One was of my Bobby. biggest ones was what the fuck happened to Bobby. So they actually well, tackled two things. Shut the fuck up about it then? They answered them. Yeah, but there's a lot okay, of other no things. Okay, no show that- then. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> See you later. See you never. But there's a lot of things that were still not answered, such as the occultum and the snake in the garden and what was all of that power and intent. But we'll we'll save that for a little bit into the actual discussion. And it's tough, like I said, because we don't really have that what will happen next for us. We We don't know for certain, but as fans who I think have a pretty good understanding of the current world system of streaming and how no show is really dead forever at this point. We kind of know that supernatural could come back one day. It's very easy for it to come back. And there are some clues that that is already in the works. Yes, it, it is. And we know because they've said that the show will come back. But when you look at what they did with this series finale, sure, they can pull a rabbit out of their ass. Yeah. But when you look at the finale, how do you bring the show back without destroying the, the, finale. the series or finale? Or do you not care and you destroy the finale because you want to bring the show back? And I don't. And listen, I don't know if I would be OK with that. I don't ah. know if I would be OK with them destroying the series finale and the emotional closure so they can bring the show back. I think depending on how and who's behind the it, return, it would have I'd to be, be okay very delicate it. because, listen, I know I give shit to Dab and we make a lot of jokes and his run for the most part has been kind of shitty. But at the end of the day, this is our series finale. And as a Supernatural fan and as a critic looking at it for you to then go back and just say, fuck your series finale. I don't know if. I know we make jokes like let's just retcon Deb, but in all actuality, that would be really bad. See, I disagree. You can't undermine the series finale. Yes, you can. I think you want to know how uh, if Kripke brings it back. I think for a couple things, I think if you undermine the show, you can undermine the finale from that person who undermined. If you have a well thought out plan from a very top top notch writer and absolutely it can be done. But you have to be very careful because we we speed raced through Sam's entire life. Do you take away his kid now? Do you time travel? Do you bring Sam and Dean back from heaven as, you know, Sam and Dean, cosmic Sam and Dean in the future? Like, wh- how do you do this? Sam and Dean 2099. Do you pull them to another universe? Do you just say, hey, listen, all those things that, that happened. All of that stuff, dude, is completely valid and thought out criticism. And I agree with you 100%. If you have a top tier showrunner who has a fucking plan and has the, the soul and the intent of the show, the true themes of the show and the fandom in mind to want to bring it back. You, you have then to. Then you can do it. Then you can change yeah. things and you can figure out how to make this work. It's the only way it's going to work. But if you just hire random fuck number six to bring back the show because it'll make money kind of attitude. That's unacceptable, and that will fuck all kinds of things up. Now, I do hope that it's the first one and there are a little bit more clues now, hold on one second, Thomas. Now, I did say, and this is why I'm I'm conflicted, because I did say you need to give us a finale that doesn't allude to a continuation. Like, yeah, that was I, the I said, I, I said we, we for all intents that. and purposes, this needs to be an end. You can't right. think, oh, wait a second, we're going to come back, so we're not going to really give you a real ending. 
they gave us again what I had asked for, a real ending. But I didn't expect them to time travel, you know. Right. Not flash forward, much. not time travel, flash forward, you know, 50 years into the future and then kind of um, take away the possibilities of a showrunner coming in and picking up where he left off. It feels a little passive aggressive to me. Yes. Honestly, it feels like dabs are like, fuck you guys. I heard in interviews that you want to bring back the show. Well, I'm going to be moving on. Uh, I'm going to make sure you can't. So it was, I'm going it was to almost like a fuck you. I'm taking I'm my, take ball my ball and home. go home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. It feels like, hey, I'm not going to leave you any directions to go. But here's the thing. And if you do want to take over, I'm going to make it very difficult for you. And here's counter argument to that. I 100% agree. I do feel like that was almost vindictive where it was written in such a way because it was 100% unnecessary to do it this way but it was written in such a way that it makes it difficult for anybody to fix it i would say if it if you brought a writer on dab's caliber and said try to make a spinoff or a continuation it wouldn't happen if you bring a writer like gamble or kripke's quality and say hey make this happen they could do it and that is why i have a little bit of hope yes but miss monkey says in the patreon chat there was a, all that time that Sam lived. There could be a mystery in heaven. Dean Jr. can resurrect Sam and Dean for a case. How many Dean Juniors are there? Because there's got to be at least 18. like 10. There's got to be 10. Now, all that time that <laughs> Sam lived, I don't want I don't want that. Like, what do you do? You bring Dean back in the middle of his highway journey? Because you have to remember, as he was driving. That was so perfect, though. It, uh, listen, I, I know that. That's why, it's, yeah, that's why I'm trying to say you can't destroy you that. You can't destroy So that. do you interrupt Dean in his heaven drive? You go back in time and stop him from finishing his journey at the end of the highway where he's going to meet Sam so that you can then resurrect him to put him into a scenario that Sam needs help in? Fucking A, that's convoluted. No, you have Jack show up right after that scene when they're on the bridge and say, guys, now that you're both here, I have a problem. And I'm going to send you back in time. Yeah, and where we're going, we don't no, need roads because we're gonna go to an because one of the alternate dimensions Sam, is still we gotta there. Get him. And Chuck didn't erase it completely, or I've been creating my own, and I'm an idiot because I'm Jack and I have to. I need your help. Like you can make it, it, anything it's, happen. It's, it, look, you it's, can, it's, but that's what I yeah. don't. I don't want that. I don't it's, want you can make anything happen. I want it to be well thought out. Yeah, it, yeah. And we are jumping way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But, it's totally doable and, and they'll figure out a way. The thing that I'm more concerned with is like I'm kind of on Mike's side here is that if if they do bring it back, it has to be a well thought out plan. And the person that's bringing it back has to be a trustworthy person. Like if they said, hey, by the way, guys, three years from now, Dab's bringing the show back. I'm going to I'm going to jump into the bathtub with a toaster. Um, but they say three years from now, hey, by the way, Eric Kripke is going to bring the show back. Well, yeah. And I'll be like, fuck, Jesus. Just, once you finish coming. I might actually come. You might actually yeah. come for once. You think so? For once? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. If they'd said that. But I, I think it goes. <laughs> that's basically what's going <laughs> to happen. That would be the actual sound. I mean, that's, that's a sound drop from the future. Absolutely. I didn't know you could travel in the future. Um, But I, I just, it has to be well thought out. And I feel like that's literally what we've been saying for the last two years. It has to be well thought out. And if if you're going to, I don't, I don't want them to shit on the ending either. And because you, you that, can't undermine that. Cause my, that was the best part yes, of the entire my, episode my, was that scene. My favorite part is that is Dean driving because he's happy and he got what he wanted 
and Sam's happy because he's got what he wanted. You cannot undermine that scene because it is so powerful for our two main characters. If you undermine that scene, you take away everything that they worked for in the last 15 years with those two characters. And we'll, we'll get into all this. Yeah. Towards right. the end there's of the other show. theories too. And other well, possibilities. Right. So I don't, okay, I'll shut up now. Well, we, we know that they're already working on something. I mean, Kripke right. in a recent interview alluded to the idea that he has his own ending for Supernatural, but he will not tell us what that is for now. That's either out of respect for Dab and Singer or possibly he's already doing some writing for some type of return. And we will delve into that interview in the second half of mm-hmm. our discussion. Right. So get, getting to that. For on-demand listeners, what we're going to do is we're going to break this up into two parts. That's from a distribution need. We will probably end up talking a lot tonight. We're probably going to end up spending a lot of time chatting and theorizing. I mean, we're already off the rails of our notes a little bit as it is. So for anybody who's listening live, buckle up because this is going to be probably a little bit of a longer one. For people listening on demand, it will be in two parts broken up for your listening comfort get your ears ready and get your ear holes ready because we're coming in you might want to put your your big thumb and just kind of start wedging wedging it in there you don't start with your your big i'm talking about your ear oh start with your pinky man come on then you graduate to the thumb think about it Uh, listen don't don't think about it too long you don't don't have to convince me i understand how sex works (laughs) are you sure (laughs) are you sure you know what you're doing mr celibate and never come over here Whatever, All right. Dude. Now, before we get into, Why don't you go back to your girlfriend's house. <laughs> you mean my house? I love how that's a di- go back to your girlfriend's house. Dig where you live. Why'd you go home and have sex later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Oh man. Uh, All right. Before we get into the whole discussion for the episode and the rest of the night, we wanted to share with everybody a little bit of our plans for the rest of this year as well as 2021 and beyond, at least as of how they stand right now and what we're looking at doing. Firstly, we will be back Monday, December 7th, to close out our 2020 season with our annual year-end wrap-up where we discuss the entire season, the award show that we do, the best episodes, the best directors, the best writers, have a real discussion, rank the whole thing, do all that stuff about the entirety of the season. We have been doing the quarterly reviews. This will be for the entire season 15 run. So that'll be the following Monday. And we're going to have our new rankings as well for the seasons, new rankings, all 15 and where they lie. You do. Now at this time, we do plan on continuing this podcast and we will be putting out the regular 20 to 22, give or take, free episodes per year, plus all of our Patreon content, which includes their ongoing retrospective discussions, which I think we're halfway through season two, Mm -hmm. and uh, for the earlier seasons. And so if you're interested in that, which is these exact discussions, but for those episodes all the way back, starting at the pilot, if you're interested in that, you can get access to all that stuff through the Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash Digital. As of right now, it looks like our 2021 season is going to start probably about mid-February for us for scheduling reasons after our uh, network season break, uh, winter break. 
We're looking to kick off next year with a bit of a fun episode, probably continuing our supernatural RPG. We've had a lot of discussions about what we want to do with that. So go ahead. uh, Well, so we've, we've actually discussed about doing two different RPGs. Correct. So guys, obviously we know you guys enjoyed the fun Andrew flab, Kate Jackson, Veronica price price. Sorry. I forgot your last name. Um, You've enjoyed the fun one. We've tossed around the idea of possibly doing a serious actual role play like supernatural role play teleplay actual we stay in character the whole time that's gonna be really hard because i don't know how to be serious <laughs> that's just, not I'm, true I'm just, I'm just gonna say i don't know how to be serious that's not true just just play yourself because you do it when you talk serious about film and shit so just play yourself no that's true okay yeah just be uh Fico morez and just put your Michael name backwards. Morez. Yeah. I like that. Fikel yeah. Morez. It's a better name than mine. <laughs> there you go. Boom. There's your character. That's a good artistic name. Yeah. Like, uh, artistic or artistic? Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we've, we've tossed around that idea. And I've actually, so it's funny. I've, I was at a, a comic book shop this, this uh, yesterday, Sunday, and I was talking to people about our show mm-hmm. and kind of you know how we're feeling about like the show ending and but like talking about some of the fun stuff that we do and they were super interested in not only the funny rpg but the idea of us doing a serious actual like being hunters in supernatural and being a hundred percent like staying character right so basically one is the the current idea that we've been talking about is one is essentially a written out radio play full in character stick to it and the other being the more goofy all right, what happened? Where am I? RPG. I'm going right. to roll for initiative. I'm going to try and seduce the dragon kind of attitude. Right. You know, or Mike summons a demon to try to kill me right, right. off the bat. Yeah. Right. So that yeah. is where we're looking at I starting. I have some strategies already in the works. <laughs> Wait, for the fun one or for the... For picking up Wendy's again. Oh, he's he's going to fucking summon a demon for Wendy's. Yeah. What a fact. He's trying to shit. steal the book, which I saw, by the way. Perception check. I remember that shit. Jesus. Anyway. That's what we're looking at starting next year's season with. I, I, want, for our show. I want our listeners to tell us which, like, if they want us to do the serious one. Because I'm actually stoked about that. I'd I love to hear I, fan thoughts on that. And also, if fun. they have ideas of shows they would like us to do more of or just things we have not done before, I'd be willing to do that. We have, we're also going to delve into Supernatural books as well, probably once a quarter, just because I can't expect Ryan to read a book, you know. <laughs> well, wait, well, monthly. Hold, 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 whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> that well, pause, like, like actual, they have, they're Supernatural novels, right? Yeah. And they all actually have really good reviews. Well, okay, fuck you. I actually do read a lot. So um, so that would be actually something you'd be into? I would read a Yeah. I just okay. obviously, if it's a book, you got to give us some time to read it. I mean, yeah, that'll be a little bit slower. One yeah. day. One week. One day. We could do me. a book club and do one chapter a week. Really drag that son of a bitch out. <laughs> talk about dragging something out. Holy shit. This year's book. <laughs> we got five <laughs> years worth of content. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. How many chapters is that? 27? Perfect. Yeah. Um, oh God. No, I would do that. That'd be fun. So I, we have ideas. We have things that we want to do, and we're we're talking that through. And we hope to have fun beginning next year. But there is one more episode for this year. The wrap up for the season again, December seventh, which is two weeks from today. And then the other thing that Ryan's the most excited about, mostly because he wanted to do the drum roll. We are planning on hitting. The Supernatural Convention Circuit again. <laughs> with full on with karaoke. Full on karaoke. So so one of the things that I I wanted to do and I and I think 
Can you turn it down just a little bit? Thanks. Just, okay. You got to just dance for him and then he'll let it. Yeah, I know. Um, we, in the, I, I would say in the last, what do you say, Thomas? The last two years, we've had kind of a black sheep moment with the two fandom. Two to three. Yeah. And it's a little self-imposed. It, it's our own fault. Yeah. Guys, we admit it. It's our own fault. But one of the things. Once I started drinking again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now that we're going to be hitting those supernatural (laughs) conventions, you need to make sure you use only uh, condoms, non gender specific pronouns, please. No more calling our audience guys. We want we want to kind of just. uh, I want to just change that phrase to being gender neutral. Okay, dudes. Dudes works for guys and girls or whatever. Um, You know, crabs, whatever you're into. It's Uh, an acronym. Genderless us and use. Stupid. (laughs) We're one of the things that I, I, I wanted to do is, was get back to the conventions. I, right. I, I can speak for all three of us when I say that we absolutely had a blast at the ones we went to, um, talking to you, to everyone and the fans and, and just being at, you know, in a supernatural environment. Like I, and I think for us, it was to get back with the fandom. Um, because we're in a weird time right now with, with the show ending, I think it's very, it'd be fun. It'd be smart. Go hang out with people who are like-minded, who love supernatural and just kind of get back in and hanging out with the fandom. And I think that's very important for us. And I I said it in the pre-show, but I feel like as being one of the supernatural podcasts and shows and, and being involved with the community, it's our, it's our duty. It's our uh, obligation to supernatural to keep the fandom going and keep everyone excited about supernatural so that when it does come back, you know, it comes back with full force. Right. And I feel like that's our duty as, as people who have do, been doing this show for seven and eight years, we owe it to the fandom and we owe it to the community to keep it going. Right. So for me, I'm excited to do that. I think we're even looking- if people want to deny that we're big figures in the supernatural fandom, because there are people who just want to ignore us and pretend we don't exist. Yeah. Because really, they can't really nitpick us like they used to because we've taken away all ammunition. There's literally nothing they can say to us. Oh, you have a dick. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry that I was, I I have a penis. I I mean, I've heard it all because I get the emails. And it's kind of just gone away over the last couple of years. And they just, those people just choose to not accept us and ignore us. But we're here. We're not going nowhere. And we're not going anywhere. And uh, we're going to make sure people feel us. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the two that was the correct choice. Of, yeah, of words. I, I'm going to go with that. So the two cons we're looking at doing probably is February uh, Vegas, which it's Vegas. Yeah, I mean, that's like five fucking hours for yeah, us. It's close. <laughs> the other one that's not five hours um, is we're looking at maybe doing Vancouver. Yeah, obviously, if COVID and everything. Right. Lets, but like that one's in October, I think. October. And and none of us have been to Vancouver. And I think that would be super fun. Um, you know, obviously, because that's the big you know, the big area where they shot supernatural. Right. And so I think that would be a fun one. Um, and that they're spread out far enough where we could have time to save money so we can go to these things. Um, but no, I'm just looking forward to it because for me, I love conventions and guys, this may sound weird, but Mike and Thomas and I don't get to hang out outside of the studio very often. People so- are folks, please. Not guys. <sighs> I'm just trying to get us, you know, I'm trying to get us like back in. <laughs> Dude, the- Oh my God. You're so stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, we People don't get, of earth. How about that? <laughs> fuck you. 
we don't get to hang out very often. This is why we don't hang out, actually. Fuck you. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. Um, no, we, we don't get to hang out very often. And it, it this is something for us to go and have a good time. Right. But also still talk about Supernatural. And I think that's, honestly, for our mental health, I think it's important. Because, again, we don't get to actually hang out with each other. So, and we, ha- I, I like I said, we I think the one, the first one we went They were to, a lot of fun. I got hammered. You that, got shit-faced. I got shit-faced. Mike almost killed us in the car. That's right. He, he lost his chapstick and almost drove the car into it. It was a it. whole experience. Yeah. I, I spent so much money, though, on that trip. Yeah. That's why I lost interest. Yeah. I mean, the tickets were one thing. And, you know, getting there is fine. But then we drank and drank. Well, this time it won't be Sugar Daddy <laughs> and, Mike. And it's like bottles of wine. You have a better job now, Thomas. I have a so, oh, job now. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, like Ryan makes more money now. Yeah. yeah. Thomas makes more money now. Yeah. So now boys, boys, we're, we're going to spread the wealth. We're going to be shit faced. I'm just going to tell you right and now. We're going like, to throw dollar bills at you. Too. I am going to get the dollar bill gun. Not just strippers, just like whoever's there. Yeah, <laughs> There's a shortage on coins because of COVID. Nickels. So we're, Do they we're, make a coin gun? Can I just shoot coins at people? There's a shortage. So um, no, I, I, I'm excited because uh, that Friday night karaoke, I'm going to pregame. I hope to God you get pulled. I hope I get pulled too. I, I mean, other people should put Ryan Denton's name in. Yeah, if you I think in. you should do like the most offensive song though as karaoke. Oh, so I could I should do uh Afro Man. I'm gonna Do like Booty Man from Red Foo. <laughs> and it's just all about chicks' asses. I think it would be a good one for I, you. I think Afro Man, because I got high. I think you're gonna get thrown out either way. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it needs to be Taylor Swift. There's, I think it has he's to got be. his whole fucking dance routine planned to Taylor Swift. I we just need to dance. stick with it. Dude, I'll get thrown off when I, as soon as I start doing my dance routine. Exactly. She's moving. Or, Matt, or Matt Cohen might get like be attracted to me. Either you'll get thrown off or someone's going to get off one of the way. Well, if someone's getting off for sure. <laughs> They're going to change the con rules after us. <laughs> <laughs> If that's not a victory, dude, I don't that's know what a it win. is. That's so a win. Riot already had an idea. Yeah, there there was a there was um an event that they do at the oh at, yeah, in yeah, January. Yeah, yeah. It's it it's there. a PJ party with yeah, Kim on. Rose Wait, and Brianna yes. Bugmaster pajama party. So it's it's Kim what and Brianna. Sleep naked. <laughs> so it's it's Thursday seven. It's Thursday seven Just to nine. Just coming with a sock in your cock. <laughs> Just coming with a. With, I'm here for the PJ party. I'm here for the PJ party. I almost so, just choked another water. Holy shit! It's so okay. Listen to this, Thomas. You're gonna laugh. Okay, it's with Kim and Brianna. Put on your comfy jammies, fuzzy slippers, and come hang with Kim and Brianna at their fabulous pajama party. I want to do it. You never know what kind of uncensored, high spirited fun will be had at these two as these oh, two hilarious sounds, women show up. First of all, Kim and Brianna sexual. both know who we are. Yeah. So I think oh but, fuck they do. Yeah. So Can you imagine if we walk into that PJ party. Okay, so here's the Socks downside. On. I think they would kick us out. I think they. Here's the I downside. I think they wouldn't allow this it. This fucking thing is two hundred and ninety nine dollars. It's three hundred bucks. Oh my ass! What? But, but can you imagine walking in with a onesie? Or like, is a sock on your cock a onesie? I don't know if that counts. I guess it's one item. No, that's true. That's true. That's man. Do they make do they make socks small enough for you, Thomas? I'm sure they do. No, the pajama party is not sold out, Fembot. It is actually uh, still available. Um, (laughs) It obviously would be funny though. I think that would be. I, I do agree with Mike. I think they'd kick us out. 
Dude, we're probably getting kicked probably out rules. anyways. There's probably rules. Well, I don't see the rules. <laughs> I, I didn't see the rules, guys. So I didn't see the rules, officer. That's a that sleep. stuff was mine. Yeah, you just you come in with a we robe. We just walk in. Where, where the white women at? <laughs> Yo, where the white women at? That's our PJ party right here. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to last more than an hour. There's no way all three of us can drink. Well, Thomas, you can not drink, and Mike and I will get shit-faced. No, I'm saying if all three of us drink, there's someone's getting bailed out of jail. When I drink, I fall asleep, so. I don't. When I get, I, so, okay. So, so somebody when I, can rape me. I don't. <laughs> That's how I party. So that's your pajama that's party. How I party. I give consent before I get drunk. I'm like, listen, it's just I, like in the pajama party. Like everybody, I'm about to pass out, so do what you want. I'm gonna so, fall asleep in the prone position. <laughs> Face down, ass up. That's the dude, way he likes to nap. Dude, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna get shit faced. Fuck it. I'm gonna have whatever. Right, we gotta. We gotta. All move right, on. let's keep going. So Jesus fuck. So that's what, that's what we're looking at. Listen, this is our already. this is our celebration tonight. Yeah, it is. It really is. This is our coming out party. What? Wait, what? Brian's gay. <laughs> How many more fans did we just get? Hey, look, look, I'm not opposed to playing a gay guy to get more fans. I'm just saying. Ow. Uh, what, a <laughs> what a sleaze. What a sleaze. That'll make me popular, right? <laughs> what's uh what's Misha and I's uh you know uh ship name? Ryan Steel. What's up? That's a mm. come here, Cassie. <laughs> all right. Spit all over my fist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now you got both. Come for me. Oh, God. Oh, you just came for yourself. Oh, I came. I came for myself. I finally came. Damn all right, it. all right, all right. Jesus God, let's start talking about the actual episode. It's been like an hour. No, we whatever, haven't said dude. shit. So we said a lot at the beginning. In this episode, what did this episode get right? What did Carry On do right? The emotions. I think that's an easy answer. If Dab and Singer could ever say that they succeeded at anything on this show. It's the emotional element that was brought to the forefront, particularly in this episode. The directing, the camera blocking in particular, were was well chosen. The final moments of Dean's death slash his life, they were, they were very well done. It was the first part where I started tearing up. And... In a mixed way, I'll be honest, because part of me just didn't want to accept it in any fucking way. That this was really happening, that this was how it was going to go down. But when you can kind of put that anger aside, the exchange between the two of them was powerful stuff. Especially for fans who had been there since the beginning, fans who had seen every... Whether you started day one or you've just seen every episode, that was the first real tearjerker moment, you know, that phrase that he says to Sam, it'll, it was always you and me. And I think you're right, Mike, that that whole, I mean, to me, that was what made the entire episode. 
yeah. was that line. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, there was other great lines, but if I had to choose one that that just drove home the point, the point of Sam and Dean's relationship, because in the end, that's what the series was about. It was an epic love story about two brothers who would die for each other, no matter the cost. Yeah, I think that. I mean, that's we've talked about it for years, man. That that is the show. That is a, it's Sam and Dean. And that line, that that line got me too, Thomas. It, yeah, it did. It actually choked me up. It was so tough to watch that. You know, it's. I didn't want to accept that that was happening. That this was mm-hmm. the end for Dean. It's tough to see him say that stuff. The bit that got me that that line's great, and it it is true. No longer are we really talking about the family doesn't end in blood. That really was seasons one through five, even six and seven. I'd say. But there has been much more of a focus on just the two of them, those two brothers saving people, hunting things and how it's been about Sam and Dean and him telling that whole story about the very first episode, how he was outside of his apartment slash dorm for hours, just thinking about what he was going to say because he was afraid. He didn't know how he would do it on his own. I thought that was well done. I thought that was a nice added touch that helped make it all feel complete. It made it feel like it wasn't just happenstance that there, there wasn't just this, Oh, I'm going to go get my brother. He'll help me out. But it was their relationship mattered even at that point before we even knew what it was. I think what really drove home the point as well during those waning moments for Dean as he was dying was the way the episode was directed as well. And I know we always attribute a lot of the great moments to just simply Jensen and Jared. And absolutely, I mean, the way they act, their chemistry, it's always going to be the heart and soul of the show. Yeah. But I will give credit where credit's due. Singer did just a fantastic job with the directing in this episode. And I'm sure it's only a matter of time before we find out who, who did what and why someone did whatever. But when it comes down to it, it's the directing choices. I mean, having Sam lean into Dean and put their heads together was just a great directing choice that exemplifies the innocent, sincere love they have for each other. Well, that moment framed their entire relationship from being kids and, and protecting Sam from when his dad handed him baby Sam when he was a kid and said, run out of the house, protect yeah. your brother to that moment right there. I mean, shit. Many siblings from broken homes have similar relationships. Many people who have had not even broken homes, just tough, tough lives or have that special well, connection, have that kind of bond. You the, know, the other, the other line that got like they put their heads he, when he said my little brother. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I don't know why that line. Got it's because it's dude It's because it's all the family heartstrings. It's all the things that yeah, have made dude. us connect to it. I mean, I watched this with my brother. That's Yeah part of it for me and all of us can relate to that in some way whether it's a sibling or a cousin even or or that person who was just there for you in your lives a lot of people have had parents that for better or worse are kind of consumed with their own personal lives and that can leave a lot of siblings to fend for each other to take care of each other that's why his that statement it was always you and me is so fitting because it was we've talked to death about john winchester doing what he could and trying to be a good dad in the situation with the shitty two and seven cards he was dealt. 
but ultimately Sam and Dean had to be there for each other because nobody else was in a lot of ways. They cared for each other. They looked after each other their entire lives. And this kind of stuff in that moment was the stuff that made Striga so powerful, was the stuff that made the entire show so powerful, was the fundamental idea Despite the theme of family doesn't end in blood and what the show has changed into and become over the years, that single concept of the two brothers caring about each other and traveling the back roads of America came to life there. Yeah, you mentioned a moment ago about Dean standing outside Sam's house. Dude, that was my favorite bit. Way back in season one. Interaction. I love that because it was very true to Dean's characterization he does suffer from low self-esteem for him to voice that he was afraid sam would essentially reject him tell him to get fucked i ain't going with you on the road yeah i mean that 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 part got me as well it it just goes right back to how important sam is to dean and how Dean's to this moment just suffers with his own issues of esteem, self-esteem and worth. Yeah. And that go ahead, Ryan. Well, it's, it's so in character for him. It's in character for him. Like when he said that I, in my head, I pictured him standing out. It's authentic. It's incredibly authentic to his character because at the time their relationship was incredibly rocky. I could picture him standing out there like, fuck, what do I say to my brother? Like, I need his help, but I can't. I'm, he's, he's scared. Like you said, Mike, he, he's, his self-esteem is, is rocky there. And it's like, I, I pictured it in my well, what head. I, it was like, it was crazy. What I love about that is that Dean would have said, let's say Sam said, fuck off, you know, kick the dirt. Dean would have been antagonistic. Like, all right, fuck you, man. I don't need you anyway. It's all you left this family. It's just me and dad. The old reverse. That's what he would have said. Yeah. But in his head, how he would have reacted when he was alone in the Impala would have been exactly what he said here. He would have been terrified. Well, look how he acted in episode one. When Sam decided to go back to his girlfriend at the end. Exactly. He was defeated. And that's why that bit worked. And that was just tough to watch because it was authentic and it makes you think back to that pilot episode and how far they've come and what has happened since then and (sighs) fuck man it was just tough to watch that and it all culminates when in the last few seconds when dean says that he needs sam to tell him that it's okay (laughs) dude like for me, that scene for me meant a whole lot of different things. Like as I'm watching it, because we've seen both of them come back multiple times and to, to have Dean ask that to say, Hey, I need you to tell me that it's okay because I don't want you to bring me back. Yeah. We're done. Well, like you said, <sighs> it, it it doesn't, you can't do it. You know, it always ends poorly for us. And in a weird way, they finally kind of learned that. It felt like also that Dean was like, this is his watch is over. My yeah. watch you know, it, it felt yeah. like, hey, yeah. this, I'm going to accept this. This was, I'm dying without Chuck's involvement. Yeah. I'm okay with this. Do not bring me back. It's what got us into all this shit. There was a sense of, I don't want to say defeat, but triumph in the fact that he's dying. He went out his own way. He's dying on his own terms. Yeah. I mean, that's good stuff. That part does work. You know, he, and he wanted, wanted peace. 
yes, he wanted that peace because in order for him to feel like, hey, my watch is over, I need to know that you're going to be okay. Tell me it's okay. And he needed that because if if Sam couldn't accept that, if Sam needed him to still, I mean, even in season 14 with the whole Malik box, he's like, you don't just give up and that fight in the parking lot bit. He needed to know that Sam was going to be all right because otherwise there would have been a resurrection and find a way to bring him back and the whole thing. Yeah. Nicole Nicole says Dean wanted to rest and he knew that was for him. It would always end bloody. I agree with that. Yep. We saw Dean all season, just tired. Just like, fuck, I'm I'm over this. Mentally and physically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, if you're fans of our Patreon, you've heard us talk about in season two, the Croatoan episode, he says he's tired in season two, man. Yeah. So it's been a long time coming. And I think if he didn't have, he needed that moment from Sam that Sam had to let to give him the okay to quit or to, to, to rest finally. And without that, he would have come back. He would have, but that shows how much they've grown since season one, season two, season five. I think the thing for me is when I first watched this, I was really upset that Dean passes away halfway through the episode yeah i think for me i was upset because it's like dude the episode's not over like we're we're only halfway through and, and dean's gonna die and i was mad at the time and now that i've had like you know a few days to let it kind of process and now that we're talking about it i understand why and i understand it because i know you feel the same way thomas mm-hmm. I, i've had time to sit here and kind of think about it and if we don't do it this way, right, and we have this emotional moment with Sam and Dean and we have this goodbye to Dean, right, we don't move on to probably the best enti- shot of the entire episode, which we'll talk about here in a second. But I I understand why they did it this way. And I I'm okay with it now, but at first I was really upset. And... Yeah, I mean... I'm not happy about how it happened. I'm not happy that he died halfway through. I'm not happy that he died the way he did. I'm, I have a lot of issues with that, but I'm trying to, as we've said several weeks ago, trying to just enjoy what I'm getting at this point. We'll get into some of that. We'll, we'll yeah, be more part two. So I have a I have a theory about that, and that's something yeah, I want to bring up. That'll be so we'll bring a that up yeah. later discussion in this long. <laughs> This 19 hour episode we're going to do. But <laughs> I do understand why Dab had that scene written the way he did for what he was trying to do because he was trying to give us those emotions. And you have that like almost, almost stereotypical, like I'm dying, but I've got just enough time to tell you everything I've ever needed to say, which worked. You know, on one hand, I'm angry because this is how it's going down. But on the other hand, I'm emotional and I'm connecting with it because I love these characters and I love mm-hmm. this show. Yeah. So it's a very mixed in, I guess the best way possible reaction. And knowing this was an epilogue, it made sense Yeah. as well. Again, not necessarily happy with it, but it makes sense. He knew like the chat said, he knows it would end bloody but still doesn't mean it doesn't suck. But this was quickly followed by perhaps one of the, the best 
scenes, bits, I guess sequence really, but in the entire episode. Because holy fuck, we got Bobby. We actually got our Bobby. I was truly amazed by that. Uh, I'll I'll save that discussion for, because we want to talk about heaven specifically and the changes that have been made. But that was another one that really hit. Not just when you see him and, and the discussion of where things are at, but probably the best written scene throughout the whole thing is Dean's drive. Oh my God, dude. That Bobby tells him the time moves differently in heaven. It's timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly stuff for our Doctor Who fans out there. And he does what he's always loved, what makes him happy, drive the Impala, go off on a, on a drive. While at the same time, we see Sam getting what he had wanted from all the way back to season one of having that normal life, that happy life with a wife and kids, presumably Eileen that we couldn't get back due to COVID because we didn't see the woman's face, but presumably her. I, I think this is probably one of the best metaphors we've ever had in any episode. Um, First of all, them playing carry on and like Dean legitimately jam into the song yeah. driving down. Like that's Dean. That's, that's literally his character is him and being ha- the, the thing that brings him happiness is being in baby driving on an open road. I like being in baby. Oh, oh, okay. oh, okay. And uh, we'll just gloss right over that one. Yep. And why out of all the things we say on this network, now you're going to gloss over I'm glossing over you. I'm retconning you out of the show. Okay. <laughs> I just imagine what that look. <laughs> I, I just imagine that look that Mary gave the car because she was imagining the times they banged in it. Yeah. That's what Mike's looking at the car. Like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Dick. Um, no, I, 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 I think that metaphor was amazing. And I think watching the whole, you know, time passes differently Mm -hmm. and Dean's driving and then Sam is living out the rest of his life, which is, you know, we always knew that he wanted to have an air quotes, normal life. And I think that whole scene was beautiful in the fact that you gave both of our main characters who we thought it was going to end real fucking bad, right? A, a glorified happy ending essentially um, was, unbelievable and it it just dude i the whole time i'm watching i'm just like well and and the big thing though is how it ends with dean's at the end of that trip at the end of that road trip at the end of sam's life yeah for him he finds sam in heaven at the end with at the bridge that's a great metaphor that's a great moment so fucking good it's a great moment about the journey what they've gone through that at the end of the road, you can find that happiness. There's a lot of beautiful sentiments to be said about that. And it's these kind of moments that made the episode succeed in the only way it really could have. And in a way, you know, it's damning with fine praise a little bit. But this is what we had said last episode. At this point, the only thing we can do is focus on Dean and Sam. Give us an idea, a glimpse as to what their world would be like now that they are truly free. Give them and us some emotional closure. And that's what they did. And in that respect, knowing that this is kind of where we were going to go, knowing it was an epilogue, knowing it was monster of the week, you know, 
I think it did succeed in those aspects. I think it did give people the feelings bittersweet, painful, sad, mm-hmm. and happy all at the same time that we wanted. And in that respect, the episode worked. Now, do we want to go for a break? Because this is going to be a long one. Do we want to go for a break or just keep going? Um, let, let's let's just keep going. I'm Fuck good it. if you guys are. Fuck it. Let's do it live. So that's a beautiful metaphor. That's the emotions that we wanted. That's how the story ends in a way. But then we well, let's think about it a little bit more. Some of the other things that are different for the first time, which is primarily Sam not trying to bring Dean back for the first time since Amelia in season eight, we have Dean or Sam just try to live a normal life. Now, ultimately I think this was a good call for Dean to tell Sam not to try and bring him back. That that entire concept is always goes poorly for us. That led to the gates of hell being opened and Dean selling his soul and then it's the first seal back. and then the final yeah. seal and then this and then that and then this and the other thing. The darkness, like it never works out. It's always a backfire. Well, it's it's always a backfire, but it's also letting nature take its course. It's mm. We're no longer the puppets, the story characters by Chuck. There's no more God plot armor. And sometimes things just happen. I think most of us can accept that this was okay with Dean because it was his decision. And that's really what the big thing is. Regardless of the changes to canon when it comes to free will or Chuck becoming a villain, whether we liked that or not, this wasn't a contrived Chuck scenario, but a real genuinely earned through frankly a fuck up death and in that moment he's free he feels that freedom in a really messed up way but it's genuine and I think knowing that that's where he's coming from we can accept that a little bit better a little bit more than his other previous deaths and again it's not like it's anything new to them but I think he needed to have that choosing to let Mm -hmm. him go. Also originally goes back to Carver's setup with Billy. They are constantly fucking things up by messing with the natural order. That's why she had a vendetta against them. They shouldn't have been around at that point anymore. They should have both been gone a long time ago. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense if you take away plot armor and death doesn't have a vengeance out for you and Jack's hands off. You, you in a weird nihilist, not even nihilistic, but just at peace way, he's okay with this turn of events. Uh, yeah. I think, I think for me, like as we've seen Dean the last couple seasons, like you, like we said, be beat down and be ready to go. And, and this decision is not controlled by Chuck it makes sense. It makes sense. It also makes sense for Sam to uphold not trying to bring him back because, you know, normally we would see them, the attempt, if it were the other way around, Dean would have brought Sam back. Mm -hmm. 
And I think the the, the but he, like he said he wasn't strong enough. Yeah, Sam was stronger than him. And I think it was it was interesting. You know, it, it worked out because you know Dean, like I said, was so beat down the last season or so. It made sense for him to like look. I'm ready to go. I'm done. Like I don't. I you know we defeated Chuck. You know, uh, Jack isn't a new God. Like things have, have righted themselves. Let me go. Mm-hmm. Let me have some peace. And I think for me, it, it works for, for the character. It also works that I, I'm okay with Sam not trying to bring him back. Like it made sense. You know, Sam, he, he knew Dean was at peace. So why bring him back? Right. I, I, so I was okay with it. I, I, I was okay with it. And like you said, Thomas, and it, it, Every time they brought one of them back, everything fucking spun out of control. And that's what we had another season. Oh, well, th- let's fix this fuck up. You know, like, right. You know, it, it goes back. It's honestly, it's like the flash Like Barry Allen would go back in time and fuck the timeline up. And now it's like, oh, well, here's our next season fixing this fuck up. So no, I, w- I was okay with this choice. And I was okay with Dean being the one that makes the choice. Cause that, like you said, Thomas earlier, it shows how much they've grown as characters for him to make that decision. Well, it was nice to see that Sam at the end and Dean both kind of learned their lesson on that one. And that's why Dean had to die first, because if Dean dies first, Sam's strong enough and has been through enough and can accept that and grow to have a family and and do the traditional route. If Sam dies first, Dean's, making a crossroad demon deal that fucking night. (laughs) Yes. There's no way he can accept that. He can't do it without him. There's one of the episodes. There's no me without you. Yep. So it was, it was, it had to happen that way. And it is nice to see that they've grown and they've changed. Although, you know, point counterpoint and Mike, this is something you brought up, which I was like, yeah, dude, it makes sense. There's a very strong similarity between the Amelia end of season seven, beginning of season eight arc and Dab's 42 minute redo, redo, rewrite here. We kind of have the same beat, this, the, or beats, the same note for note. Dean dies. Sam has to accept it. He moves on. I mean, frankly, it's the third time that's happened now. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third time that's happened now. Between his death in season three, mysterious death slash disappearance in season seven, and then here. Did it work for you, Mike? You've been quiet this for most of this. Uh, what part? The the essentially that it's a redux of Amelia in a way. I think it's just dab being dab. It's what dab does best. He takes something that was okay or great and he redoes it in his own way he takes an entire season seven arc and he turns it into a 40 minute episode i mean look if you're a hack writer that's typically what you do you just rip people off right it's what i did when i was in english clash it's called clash clash uh (laughs) class it's typically uh called um plagiarizing and um so that's that's what i did that's how i got through my english classes cheating yeah cheating yeah um There's something to be said of that, and we'll get that probably in our second half of this discussion, because I don't I don't want to get too critical on that just yet. I want to talk about the potentially new last minute lore that we got. The so I, I'm amazed that one of the few answers we got was, "Hey, real Bobby, remember him? Yeah, he was basically in jail for five years. Don't worry about it." 
Which is also kind of a cavalier way that Dean was like, yeah, we knew you were getting bent over the bramble patch for five years. Didn't do anything about it. But, you know, we're thinking about you. Because this is something that, Mike, you said earlier to me where it is a little shitty because it means they knew that that was a problem for five years and didn't do anything. Is that how long it was? Five years? End of season 10 was the last canonical time we had seen Bobby. Our Bobby. Season 10. That's crazy. Why fix something when you can just use a fake Bobby? What happened to that guy? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah. But with real Bobby, which was a big moment for me, that that hit me personally for, I don't know why. I think it was the buildup of the Dean's death scene, then that hitting shortly after. Like, that's where the emotional floodgates, like, hit for me. But he tells us some interesting things. One, that Jack made some changes to heaven. Previously established heaven by Chuck's rule was little apartment blocks of reliving your happiest moments, little daydream scenarios for all of eternity. But everybody was sectioned off. You didn't have your loved ones. A couple of rare cases they said you'd have someone like a uh, John and Mary Winchester be together in their same heaven setup. But that was the outlier, not the norm. Bobby tells us that Jack has taken down all the walls So now everybody is essentially together in heaven. Everyone can see each other. Dean or Dean, John and Mary live five miles this way. He's at the roadhouse run by Ellen and Joe. Rufus is, you know, a mile up the block. They make all these references that everyone we've cared about who has died over the years is here. And at one point he says in a very cryptic way, it's a big new world out there. And he just leaves that statement hang in the air. That is where the biggest, okay, what the fuck does that mean? Slash mm-hmm. potential comes from because it's essentially, if there's no, you're just happy. And it's like, it's earth, but better it's earth too in a way now. So does that mean there are, Adventures that could be had in this world? Does that mean something Jack does or has done could go awry in a future return to the show? Mm. The, it, it, it does also lead you to believe that's not, that doesn't feel like just Jack. Jack is not old and wise and experienced enough to really put that one together, I don't think. In a, like a naive, childish way, I could see him say, well, everyone should be together with the people they love. But the fact that he's fused with an Amara and in harmony, I think also helps because she had a great respect for Earth, the plants, the creatures, the people. So I could see her having a big play, part to play in the creation of heaven is a better version, a non-flawed, fucked up version of Earth. And the, but at the same time, they could be up to something with that shit. They're in harmony. They're light and darkness, creation and destruction. And already we're creating new things. So we could have a whole bunch of potential from that. Now, does that mean that this is where we could take the show if we decide to come back? Mm. 
I mean, I guess the, I guess the thing for me, like if it is brought back and the, the, like you said, that whole new world or big world out there, what could be possibly, what could be a problem? It's heaven. What could you possibly be having go wrong in heaven that needs Sam and Dean? And if in the theory, if it's all open and, you know, Sam and Dean are there, Mary and John are there. I mean, you basically have a who's who of badass hunters in heaven. Like what couldn't they beat real fast kind of thing? I don't know. It's it's like it's I think you're right, Thomas. There is a lot of potential there if that's, you know, but like what I guess for me, I, I start thinking about, well, what could be a problem with heaven? Like what could be wrong with heaven, especially if Jack's. Yeah, basically, you know, the one making sure everything's okay with it. So I, it, that'd be the one thing for me. Like, if they did come back and do, go that route, what could possibly be needed? Like, what salmon? What could salmon D be needed for? I mean, you can come whatever we can come up with, right? Yeah, I mean, Jack yeah, I get makes that. new universes. They get transported to a different universe because they need help, or he, or Jack needs help with something, or maybe Amara is bored on a Friday night and says, "Hey, Dean, what are you up to?" Oh yeah, finally swipe we right him on to, that shit. Get him to bang, dude. Yeah, who yeah. knows? That's the greatest, you know, mystery. Bring it back to HBO so we can actually see them bang, dude. No, that's something we need canon, right? Yeah, I need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is. This kind of falls back to what you were saying earlier, Mike. Where it, how do you continue the show with where Dab decided to put the to put the last period it's there's so much stuff that's like over and done with that you do have to take two steps backward one step back to move two steps forward because does this really it's kind of difficult to bring back the show with an ending like that just undermines whatever whatever dab did even the emotions you kind of have to pick yeah i mean i'm sure they could find a way around it but I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that I just yeah that just didn't quite work. This is dude. I'll be honest. This is us trying to stick on the positive portion I mean, the, the, of what happened. The heaven situation has been changed. Okay, and that's a, that's another big problem for me. I don't. I like. I like the idea of heaven is wonderful. You pulled down those walls, and now your afterlife is essentially life. Like, okay, well, then what's the point of living? Well, so if your afterlife is basically like living. So here's what I would say, because I was always creeped out generally by the idea of heaven being this sort of the matrix on a broken loop nightmare scenario where you enjoy a moment and then it resets and then you enjoy a moment. It and feels then it a resets. bit torturous. That feels torturous. That feels like a soul not at rest. That feels like some sort of scenario that conspiracy theorists are telling us that we're marching towards right now where everyone's just drugged up and happy and we don't know what's happening. What if around the us. best moment of your life that you're reliving is like the greatest moment of your life? But, why is that but so here's bad? a few things that I would say counterpoint as to why the new system's a little bit better and why you would still want a life on earth. One the if you are just in heaven, yeah, much like the angels, you have no perception of what's good or wrong or what's satisfying and great. It's like a kid who's never had to ask for anything. Only through pain, hardship, loss, working for something, do we have any appreciation for the good things that happen in life. You have to experience those terrible things 
to know something good when you have it. So to me, you would still want a life on earth, still have to experience that pain, still go through things that are shitty and fucked up and lose people. What if you die on your five? In order, reincarnation, try again. <laughs> in order to have anything good this- matter beyond, because if you think in terms of eternity, that you, to have a chance to do these things the right way without the fuck ups of the past and things work out, and you can continue to enjoy and try new things. I, f- I think that's more comforting than a prison cell slot with the memory on loop. Personally, I would see that being the logic behind why you'd still want to experience life in general. Hmm. And I like the idea of the more you get to work, not work, be with the people you care about and love and experience new things because it's like new game plus it's life better. <laughs> essentially yeah life better So for me that's where my personal views make that a little bit easier to stomach i understand your point though because logically when you dive into it then why the fuck would i want to i just like as soon yeah. as i can buy a gun or pick up a knife i'm gonna end it and go to heaven but the fact of the matter is sam and dean know that's the case not everybody else that's Not true. most that's, people. That's actually true. I mean, that we, we're looking at it as a standpoint of like, all knowing God. Yeah, we're 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 fans. So we know everything. The normal human being doesn't know that when you go to heaven, it's amazing. You know, like it's I mean, always like, that uncertainty. Yeah. So I and that's the whole nature of good and evil. Not yeah. knowing if doing the right thing will have any reward. Yeah, versus doing just, something terrible and greedy. Now, oh, it's a mess. It's convoluted. Like you should have just left it alone. That's I, all. I think it should have been a, maybe a little bit more vague rather I, like the idea of taking down the walls. I like that, but maybe not give me so many, even just a few specifics was might maybe a little bit too much, but it was also the only way you were going to have Sam and Dean together at the end. I mean, listen, yeah. that, that's the least of the problems. The heaven situation. Yeah. 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 You know, it's kind of funny though, because dab and singer kind of did some of what Ryan was joking about before the flash forward. I told y'all motherfuckers that was going to happen. <laughs> when didn't you get mad, Mike? You guys got mad we were at me. mad because like of all the motherfuckers to listen to and all the ideas to go with this like flash forward you at guys, the end. You guys got mad at me for saying it, but it's like it, it, that's what the, you I cursed knew. it. You fuck. I'm telling you, Ryan is the writer of this season. They, he is. Look, guys. He look. is Chuck. Yeah. Look, they listen to me. They don't like you guys. You guys they are don't. assholes. They think I'm awesome. So they put they, they basically write what I say. I should have said the show goes on for 17 more seasons. <laughs> That's what I should have said. Fuck. And, and writing class flash forwards. Yeah. That's like hack 101. Well, you see who mentioned it, right? Me. So <laughs> makes sense. I also teach hack 101. Yeah, I teach it's hack just, 101. It's just dab goes for all the hackish low hanging fruit. Like he doesn't have a lot of original, it is predictable. Dude, he yeah. doesn't have an original thought. He's very, very predictable. Yeah, uh, he writes every cliche possible. Yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> I'll always be in your heart. Like, did he just watch a Christmas special on Hallmark Channel? I'll always be in your heart. <laughs> what? Thank you for believing, Peter Pan. It just it feels fucking weird. Like, I love that moment, but who says that really? Right. I, I I've told you that before, Mike. You. You never heard me say that? I'll be in your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you telling me you couldn't come up with something a little more unique well, to Dean Winchester? He should have said bitch. They should have said jerk bitch. Yeah. They should have said that's that. That's what it should have been. You can't tie me, bitch. Yeah. 
That would have been great, dude. I would have actually, that would have been fantastic. I'll always be with you, Sam, right here. Like, what? In your penis. <laughs> that was Cass's line. They just used it. Oh. <laughs> he grabs his dick. I'll always be right here. <laughs> right in your balls. Boom. Oh. Castiel, it feels so good. <laughs> How low hanging of a fruit would it have been if it was like Castiel in that scene when Dan- Dean died? Oh, it should have uh, been. You knew that Cass was supposed to be on the bridge. Like, let's get oh, right. yeah, waiting for him. Yeah. Ugh. So. <laughs> all right. So before we get into, I would say, Mike, Mike, I'm being a little bit freeform here. I'm thinking we do some final thoughts, then critical, or do you want to get into more of the critical stuff and then a final, final thoughts at the very, very we'll end? We'll do final thoughts at the end. All right. Or whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I just got to take a piss. So let's go to a break. Let's take a break and we'll be back and we'll get into (laughs) some things that we had a little bit more harder time with. 